Amen. Come on, somebody. It's good to be at the hill. Amen. Yeah, we're excited. We're going to be a few weeks ago. Uh, we started in Second Peter, the first chapter. We did like the first eight verses, and we're just going to jump right in there, okay? To Second Peter, we're going to start in verse 9 today. It's good to be with you guys. We're excited about our kids going to camp. Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be an awesome week uh, on the beach and them encountering uh, the fullness of Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. It's going to be awesome. Verse 9, let's jump right into it. Peter's writing here and he says, For he who lacks these qualities, these qualities will touch again. We talked about them a couple weeks ago. We're going to, we'll, we'll go over them again here in a little bit. Uh, for he who lacks these qualities is blind and short-sighted having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Anybody, um, anybody struggle with that? Like, I mean, obviously in the context of Scripture, we all do. But like my wife tells me I struggle with that all the time. Come on, somebody. Anybody? My wife's like, I'm like, honey, where are my socks at? She's like, they're in your sock drawer. I'm like, I got, I'm opening the sock drawer, but I can't find the pair I want. She said, which ones? I'm like, the gray ones. She's like, they're right in your sock drawer. And literally, they're right in, she's like, literally, honey, they're right in front of your, anybody know what I'm talking about? Any guys know what I'm saying? Any wives know what I'm saying? Come on, somebody. And she like, if it was a snake? I said, thank God it wasn't a snake. Come on, somebody. And sure enough, she walks and she picks him up and gives me the look like you're an idiot. Um, but she loves me for it. Uh, he's saying, look, don't be, don't be so nearsighted. Don't be so short-minded that you overlook. Don't be so in pursuit of everything in life that you're overlooking these very things that God is saying is, uh, that brings fullness of everything pertaining to life. He's saying, he's saying, don't be short-sighted. Don't be nearsighted. Verse 10. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. Now, we're going to pause there and we'll come back to it. Uh, Peter's right here and he says, y'all need to fix your focus. Come on, somebody. He says, y'all, you've got a focus problem. And now Peter's not talking from a place of perfection. Peter here is not talking from a place of, I got it all figured out. Peter's not saying, look, my life is so good. I've got everything so figured out. Uh, so trust me because I know what I'm saying. That's not what Peter's saying. Peter's saying, listen. In your life, there's a whole bunch of stuff that is going to try to steal your attention. There's a whole bunch of stuff that's going to try to steal your hope and steal your joy and steal your peace and steal your confidence. He says there's a whole bunch of stuff in your life that is going to come in and try to take the goodness of God away from you. Now, again, Peter's not talking from a place of look at what I've done. Peter's talking from a place because, see, guys, we are a sum total of our life experiences. So he's talking with instance in mind. Peter's talking from a place of saying, I remember being on a boat when Jesus was walking, the storm was raging, the waves were rolling. I remember being on a boat and Jesus saying, come out on the water. I remember taking step and I remember walking out as those waves were crashing. I was walking on top of the very thing that was trying to take me out. Come on, somebody. When depression was trying to come, I was walking on top of that thing. Whenever frustration was entering, I was, I was unaffected by it. This is what he's saying. But I remember when I was walking toward Jesus, I remember seeing a white cap over here and I remember kind of glancing at it and then a white cap over here 
as the waves were rolling, I kind of glancing at it. And pretty soon, I begin to look at everything else going on in my life. He's writing here, and he's saying, look, in the process of you walking to Jesus or walking in the promises of God, as you're pursuing this call, a whole bunch of stuff is going to try to take your attention. A whole bunch of stuff is going to come in and try to take your peace, try to take your hope, try to take your joy, try to take your determination. Anybody know I'm talking about in the house? Anybody with me in the house? He says a whole bunch of stuff is going to come. He says, and if you're not careful, it'll begin to overwhelm you. And you'll take your eyes off of the prize. You'll take your eyes, you'll take your focus off of where it needs to be. And you'll begin to focus on this offense or this frustration And then you're not careful, frustrations begin to drown you. Offense begins to drown you. Uh, Irritation begins to drown you. Distractions begin to drown you. Unhealthy relationships begin to drown you. He's writing here, and Peter's writing, and he's going, look, I know from experience, I was in this place when I took my eyes off of where God had called me to go, and I began to focus on everything else. And it was overtaking me. And if not for the grace of God, he's saying, I wouldn't be here today. But Jesus picked me up, and he'll pick you up. Come on, somebody. I said, he'll pick you up. But Peter's writing from this place of saying, understand where I'm coming from. Understand where I'm going. Understand what I'm saying. It'll mess you up. He's saying, if you're not careful, you'll be overtaken by the very things that God's trying to get you to walk through. Look at what he says. He says, be all the more diligent. That word diligent, literally, I looked it up and studied it out in the Greek. It literally means to make haste or be intentional. Say make haste. Quickly. Let's read that in context. He says, therefore, brethren, be all, be so quick. Make haste about the calling and choosing of God. He's like, look, some of y'all are dragging your feet. It's like, like, some of y'all look like it looks when I'm trying to wake my kids up to go to, to go to get up early in the morning for anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, it's time to get up. And they're like, ugh. Okay, and they're dragging their feet and they're complaining about everything going on. And I'm like, my God in heaven, if you don't hurry up, your mama's gonna whip you. Come on, somebody. And so, and, and God is going, Peter's writing to these people and he's like, look, you're dragging your feet about this stuff. It's time to quickly get about it. It's time to be intentional about this stuff. He's like, I need you to quit slowing down. I need you to quickly. Then he says, make certain, or some translations say confirm. The word is the same, same in, the, in, the, in the Hebrew Greek there. It literally means to produce stability. Let's look at it in context. Therefore, brethren, be all, be, be, make haste about producing stability. Come on, somebody. What does produce mean? It's not a pop quiz. If you're wrong, I won't make fun of you. Unless if you just don't even try. Produce means to make it happen. He's saying, I understand there's stuff in your life that seems to be like uneven ground or unshaking ground. But I know that when I made haste my attention on Jesus, I walked on water. Come on, somebody. And I, was, uh, I walked on top of that stuff. He's saying, Peter's saying here, don't you understand? If you will quickly fix your focus, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter what's going good or what's going bad. If you're, if you're intentional about quickly fixing your focus, and then producing stability, deciding you're going to believe what he says, not what you see. Produce stability. Produce, see, stability is something that's hard for a lot of us. Anybody ever struggle with stability? 
in areas of their life like income stability or emotional stability or there's a lot of things that we struggle with stability on he's like look you may not feel it but you need to manufacture it you need to he's what he's saying he's saying you need to produce this this type of stability you need to make it happen be quick about producing about standing firm on the word of God and then he says this about his calling and choosing you that word calling you know what it means in the Greek? This was this changed my life forever, Clinton. You guys know what it means? I'll tell you. It literally, the verbiage there, I love the verbiage of this. It means an invitation to the feast. Well, y'all are like, oh, that's so cool. It's, a, it, it's, 10, it's, it's 1035. Eating sounds good right now. <laughs> I read that. And I'm like, glory, when I read that in my office. Because you know what I read? I'm reading this in context. And I'm saying, when all the enemy, when all these distractions are trying to steal my focus, if I will, he says, I need you to quickly produce stability about the fact you may be in want, but he has a feast planned. He says, I need you to quickly produce stability about the fact you may not understand how you're going to get through, but he's already got a way for you to get through. He says, the enemy may be talking, but I'll prepare a table before for you in the presence of your enemy he says I don't need you to talk back I don't need you to say nothing why because your mouth is full come on somebody eating the goodness partaking of the flavor of the goodness of I wish someone would get with me in the house today he said I got a feast for you but the problem is you got a meager mindset you got a meager mindset, and I'm trying to prepare a feast. I'm, I'm trying to, I, you've got like a, you've got a, a bologna and cheese sandwich mindset, and I'm trying to take you to the buffet. I'm trying to give you it all. And you're like, can I please have a piece of bread and maybe another? Please, sir, may I have another? <laughs> and God's going, no, you can't have another. You can have all you need. is you ain't you ain't fixing your focus you ain't quickly producing stability on the fact that I'm preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemy in the presence of your mess in the presence of everything going on I've got a feast prepared Peter's saying guys God is inviting you choosing to the buffet problem is a lot of us feel like we got Passover when it came to passing out the anointings of God like, I hear, like, J.R. and Fable and all these people sing, Beth sing, and I'm like, God, where was I at? He was like, you missed that day, bro. It was early and you were sleeping. <laughs> I'm like, God, why didn't you bless me to sing? He said, I don't want to. He's, it's what he's saying. He's like, like, look, some of you guys feel like you were passed over when God was giving gifts and anointings. That's what you feel like. And, and Peter is writing. Fix your focus. Problem is, you're, fo you're wondering why you don't have that anointing. You're comparing what I've gifted you to what I've gifted them. And while it's the same anointing, it's a different gift. I was thinking, I was talking to Dr. Barges this week, and I, I texted him accidentally about what he was going to be preaching on this morning. Uh, <laughs> I messed up the conversation. He was like, am I preaching tomorrow? I didn't know, and we laughed about it. But I thought that would be a, fun, a funny video where I walk in with surgeon clothes on, and, and I walk into an operating room, a funny video about operating in your call. And, and the guy on the table looks up at me and he's like, you're the doctor. I'm like, no, I'm the preacher. And he's going to go, get the doctor. 
And how we all have a gift and we need to function in our flow. We need to flow in our function. We need to do the things that God has called us to do and not the things he's not. Come on, somebody. He says, God has chosen you. But the problem is you're comparing and compromising that call. I said, you're comparing and compromising that call. He says, Bo, I didn't, I'm thankful that everyone doesn't, that everyone doesn't have the same thing I have. Because can you imagine what church would be like? First of all, everybody would be dressed funny. Second of all, no one could preach because everybody would be talking the whole time. Like I listen to Clinton preach or, or Donna preach, someone preach, and the whole time I'm taking notes and I'm listening to what they're saying and I'm writing notes on what they're saying, but I'm writing what I'm going to preach on next. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I'm going to say this. I'm going to steal that line, but I'm going to add that. Like that's the way I'm wired, right? He's saying, I need you to understand that you specifically are called to do or operate within a certain function. That's what he's saying. He says, I've chosen you. For as long as you practice these things, these things, I wrote them, they were in about verse seven or eight, and here quickly what they are. Faith, excellence, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, kindness, and love. He's saying you will always have victory over sin. Anybody struggle there? Anybody struggle with, with not having victory over sin or victory over issues of life? Me too, me too. He said, I'm gonna talk about it a little bit. I'll, be, I'll get personal with you. He says, if you'll focus on these, if you'll fix your focus to these things, you can never sin. Now that goes against our, because we say this in our culture, we say, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Forget that, you were a sinner. He cleansed you from all unrighteousness. I ain't claiming an identity that he set me free from. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. He's saying, no, 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 no. He's basically saying, then let's go on. If you practice these things, you will never stumble. Verse 11, let's jump into this. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior will be abundantly supplied to you. Now, let's talk about this for a second. Because right now, someone's reading that. They're listening to what I'm saying, Stanley. And they're saying, well, Pastor Bo's preaching a works to salvation's message. No, I'm not. He is not talking about you getting to heaven. That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus paid the price for. He's not saying, if you live this way, you'll make heaven. Nope, Jesus did that for you. He's saying, if you do these things, heaven will come to you. I had a cat one time. No, that's not true. I've never had a cat. My wife had a cat one time. <laughs> I had a dog, and his name is Snoop. Come on, somebody. My wife had a cat one time named Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell was a cute little thing, and uh, she was possessed, because uh, all cats are. You were just kidding. I, I was, you were walk, if you were in our house and you were like walking by the table, You'd be walking, and Tinkerbell, I kid you not, she would jump up and land on your shoulder. That was awesome, because people did this right here. They'd be walking by, and they'd be doing their normal walk, like, hey, how's it going? And that cat would jump, and they'd go, like this. And they made this face right here. What do I do? I said, she's just hanging out, and they're like, and this is what they'd go, okay. And they'd walk like this. <laughs> they walk like this. Mind all the toys and the mess and the. It was great because I didn't have to clean my house because Tinkerbell distract them, and they'd be like this. Now it was amazing, of all the distractions going on in my house, their attention was fully fixed on something that was trying to rest on them. 
Peter's writing to some people and he's saying there's something called the Holy Ghost that's going to try to rest on you. And the problem is you're so focused on the distractions in the house that you're forgetting who is trying to rest on you. But if you would fix your focus to who is resting on you or who is resting in you, can I tell you everything in your life would change? He says heaven or or the, the currency of heaven or the kingdom of God would be abundantly supplied to you. He says if you would understand who was resting on you as you were walking and someone offended you you wouldn't walk in offense because you're focusing on on who's in you come on somebody and as you were walking and you were walking in lack you wouldn't be worried about the lack because someone resting in you someone resting on you was going to abundantly supply everything the kingdom of God had to you I like the word supplied because I was a supplier for Frito-Lay and Jared was too. He loved that job. I still have nightmares. Do you? I still have nightmares. You too? Last night. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Yes. Oh, glory to God. I, we need deliverance in that corner. And they didn't come to the warehouse and pick up, pick up the chips. I brought them to them. That's the Holy Ghost job. He's the supplier of heaven. I wish I had time to talk about Genesis 1 and how God spoke through the word of the Son because the Son is the word. The word was with God. The word was God. In the beginning was the word. Come on, somebody. The Father spoke through the word and the Holy Ghost fluttered over the, over the waters of the deep. He was literally waiting to, waiting to act upon the word of heaven. He's saying, don't you understand? When you walk with this kind of connection to me, when you walk with your attention focused on me, your, your attention fixed, your focus fixed, the Holy Spirit is ready to act. But now you're ready to partner with what he's saying. And you can walk in fullness of the king's dominion, being abundantly supplied to you. That's what he's saying. I wish I could say I'm perfect at that. But I'm not. Amen. I'm not. Because see, sometimes I don't seek first the kingdom of God. Y'all are perfect. I'm not. A few weeks ago in Nevada. Um, so there's things in, in ministry. We believe in excellence. Doing things right. Amen. And we were in uh, Nevada on a Saturday night. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, there's, we have four campuses and God's not we. We have four. Come on. Amen. That's you guys. That's right. There's people getting saved and baptized every month, and there's healings, and God's doing miraculous stuff. And so I'm in Nevada, and I'm getting ready to preach, and, and there's things about church that should never happen. A microphone should never go dead while someone's talking. We should never get up there and not know how to unmute the mic. That's a cardinal sin, capital punishment for me. So my, my guy transitioning gets up there in Nevada, and he starts to talk. He says about a half a sentence, and his mic goes dead. So I go from glory to God to I'm going to punch you in the face. Who was supposed to fill the batteries? Glory to God. <laughs> I'm mad. I'm like, bro, here's my mic. I give him my mic and he goes on, does a great transition. Callie, I get my mic back. I get up to preach. I start to preach and guess what happened, y'all? My mic goes dead. My mic goes dead. And I'm like, Jesus, take the wheel. I, I get through it. So now I'm on a corded mic. Now, y'all know how I preach. Only the backdrop in, in Nevada is way further than this. And I'm on a corded mic. So I was preaching like this. And the Lord loves you. Huh? And he wants to use you. And glory to God, he's going to, he's more than enough. And I'm preaching like this. And I'm screaming. And I'm doing circles. And I'm getting nauseous and seasick from the circles I'm doing. And we don't, like, I'm frustrated in this moment, y'all. 
I'm frustrated. We get done, and I'm frustrated. Now, God was faithful, and people were ministered to, but I was very frustrated. I was in India uh, last year, last year, and we got picked up from the airport like two hours late. And the taxi that picked us up, we had like a four-hour drive, and we almost went head-on with the semi. It took our mirror off. By the grace of God, we lived, for real. And I'm pretty sure that taxi company's motto was, hey, we made it. <laughs> That's how I felt a couple weeks ago on a Saturday night. People said, well, Bo, how'd it go? Went, well, we got through it. <laughs> no one died. It was a win. <laughs> That's who I felt. I'm on my way home, and the Holy Spirit's speaking to me, and he's going, well, son, how'd that go? I went, not good. Well, you were there. Thankfully, you were there because I wasn't. I don't know what that was about. And he was like, well, what was your pursuit? I was like, well, I was mad, God, because the microphones. And it set me off and it irritated me. And he said, well, what was your focus? I said, well, I want things to be done right. And he said, so here's what he said. He was like, son, your focus was excellence. And if you, get, if you get it, like if you achieve that focus, all you get is excellence. But if you miss it, you got nothing. So he said, what if your focus was ministry? And for the sake of our conversation, I'm going to switch that to word kingdom because they're the same thing. He said, what if your focus was kingdom? If you get kingdom, excellence is a byproduct. Everything else, Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his dominion, his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. He said, if you seek kingdom, excellence is a byproduct. If you, if you seek that, you get everything. So I said, okay, God, ministry, kingdom, that's my focus. I get up Sunday morning, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I get up Sunday morning, I'm ready. I, I get up to preach, and I look at my mic, and I go to talk Sunday morning, first service, Stockton, and my mic's dead. I was like, no big deal, ministry's my focus. So I turn around, I walk back to the mic holder, and I grab blue mic. And I grab blue mic, and I turn it on, and guess what? Not only that, I look up and my sound guy, not, not mentioning any names, Pat Ford, uh, wasn't, no, 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 he wasn't at the sound booth in Stockton. So in my heart, I'm going, what happened to Pat? Did the rapture happen? I don't know. I'm here. I don't know what's going on. What's I know he just wouldn't leave without saying something. Well, what I didn't know was Bolivar was having technical difficulties. So he jumped in the car, y'all, and he's headed to Bolivar. But I ain't got no one in the sound booth, and I got two dead mics. So I look up, I'm like, hey, I, I just, guys, I need help in the sound booth. So Jonathan runs back there, and he unmutes me. Now, for the first time in my life, I saw Jonathan do something. I've seen Pat do it, but I've never seen Jonathan do this. I look back, and I'm like, Jonathan, can you unmute my mic? And he goes like this. He goes. It's unmuted, bro. It's unmuted. I don't know. I was like. Good joke, bro. That's good. I missed the shot yesterday. You gonna let me get my own rebound. I ain't got any teamwork in the sound booth. I'm doing it. <laughs> Pat's back here today. So I said, Cassie, over here goes, Pastor Bo, my mic works. Use my mic. One guy on the side goes, just preach without a mic, man. I went, I got to preach four times. I can't preach without a mic. I won't have a voice, right? So I borrow someone else's mic, and it's not even turned up. It's like, it's like talking like this. It's not very loud. So they get it fixed. We have a great service. Ministry's my focus. We have a great altar call. I go to get in the car. I grab my coffee as I'm walking out the door, and I spin, and I spill the coffee. Now, I know I spilled the coffee, but I look on the ground, and, there's, oh, and I don't have any on me. I look, and there's a little bit on the ground. I'm in a hurry, so what do I do? Basketball style, I shoo that mug up. 
I walk out the door. I get in the truck, gospel truth, I get in the truck, I'm driving down the road, and I'm thinking, man, I can't believe I spilled that coffee. And it, like, the Holy Ghost helped that stuff stay right inside the cup. That's amazing. And I look down at my pink shirt, and there's coffee all down the front of my pink shirt. So now, I'm hot, I'm sweaty, and I smell like coffee. Could be worse. <laughs> I look, I'm hot, did I mention that? It's the one day that I wore a suit coat, because I don't wear a suit coat in the summer, because it's hot, and I get hot when I watch you work, and I'll sweat. So I'm sweaty when I'm preaching. And I'll have a suit coat on, and coffee down the front of my shirt, and as we're driving, I realize, dude's air conditioning isn't working very well. So I reach up and I fiddle with the vent and he goes, hey, pastor, um, we're going to need to have someone else take you back to Stockton after Bolivar service because my truck's breaking down. Now, I don't know if you know this, but like we kind of on a time crunch, like, like we don't have a ton of extra time and we don't have time for his truck to break down. Come on. And so I'm like, no big deal. So now I'm coffee. I'm coffeeed up. My mics didn't work. I'm sweaty. And now I can't even cool off because there ain't no air conditioning in the truck. So I get to Bolivar that day, that morning, and I'm, ministry's my mind, ministry's my focus, kingdom's my focus. I get here, and guess what the air conditioners were doing in this building? You guessed it, they weren't working. I literally, y'all got sweat pouring off my face as I'm preaching. But ministry, we have a great altar call. I go to, they've got someone for me. I go out the door, and Donna hands me my cup of water that she does every week. Thank you. And she said, Pastor, I am so sorry. I said, sorry for what? She goes, well, Garrett's going to drive you. But he didn't know he was going to drive you, so he took a different vehicle. And his car that he's going to drive you in doesn't have air conditioning. I went, it's all good. <laughs> It's all good. So I hung out the back. like a dog. <laughs> My point is this. If I saw it, if you seek excellence, if you seek income, that's all you get. And if you miss it, you got nothing. But if you seek the kingdom, he liberally gives to all that ask. So it's a seeking that you can't miss. Come on, somebody. It's a seeking that you will find. A knocking that the door will be open to you. An asking that will be answered. If it is your pursuit, he says, you get everything else in the process. Fix your focus. Fix your focus. Put that verse back up there for me. Just leave it up and I'll tell you when to go to the next. For in this way, verse 12, go to the next. <laughs> Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth, which is present in you. I love this, man. Man, I love this. He says, I'm going to remind you of something that you already know. Don't you have that person in your life? They're like, they're like, they're like hey, hey, we're going to go meet at X spot. Um, I better not say it. We're going to go meet at this place in Springfield. Um, we'll just meet there at 11. And you're like, okay, cool, I'm in. And they're like, do you know how to get there? And you're like, yeah, plus I got GPS. They're like, well, I'll tell you how anyhow. You're going to go to the third stoplight and then turn left by the place that sells chili. And you're going to go two stoplights. Like, they're going to give you directions to where you already know how to go. That's what Peter's saying. He's saying, I know that you get it. I know, worship team, you can come on up. I know that you get it. I know that you understand what I'm saying, but I'm going to remind you anyhow. Because I want you to know, verse 13. I consider it right. As long as I am in this earthly dwelling to stir you up 
by way of reminder. He's writing to these guys and he's saying, look, I see something in you that you overlooked in yourself. And see, I know this is the case. Peter's talking because I remember whenever God called me to be a Jesus called me to be a fisher of man. And I went back to fishing and I went to a backslidden state. He called me, prepared me food. Come on, somebody. Don't let me preach that again. He said he prepared a feast for me and he looked past my issues and saw me for my identity. He said, it's my right. It's my job to see in you things that you don't see in yourself. I'm going to look past your issues. I'm going to look past your problems. And I'm going to see to the identity that you are in Christ Jesus. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. He says, I see something in you. I see something in you. It's special. He says, I feel like it's my job to stir that up in you. Anybody drink sweet tea in the house? I'm not going to make fun of you if you drink unsweet tea, but someone should. I tried. I tried to be healthy and drink unsweet tea. That's what I thought. You do? Oh, glory. Good for you. Good for you. It's, it's, I, listen, water has no flavor. Water has no flavor. But unsweet tea, no, don't turn it on, has a bad flavor. sugar, right? A whole pack of sugar, but not a pack, I mean, like a bag of sugar, a pound of sugar in your cup. In your cup. And all that sugar goes to the bottom. Now the ingredients are in the tea, but it doesn't taste like sweet tea. Why? That's the You gotta shake it up, gotta stir it up a little bit. Peter's saying, I see some stuff in you. And for whatever reason, it has settled to the bottom. You're overlooking it and you don't taste to the world the way that you should taste. You don't look the way that you should be looking to a lost and dying world. He says, I know the ingredients are in your life, but I need you to know I'm coming along to stir that up so that you can be what God's called you to be, so that you can do what God's called you to do. He said, as long as I live, long as I live I'm gonna stir it up See, uh, this is the gospel truth about about the hill and about uh, for my life my goal my goal is not for people to say wow Bo's a good preacher because he's not Jerry my goal is not for people to say man he's funny because he tries too I try too hard to be funny at times my goal is not for people to say wow he's really skinny although that would make me feel good My goal in my life, the focus of my life, is that when I leave this planet, people say, my God, there was something about that guy. He stirred something up that was only inside of me. He called stuff out that I know that God put in me. He brought it to the surface. If there's one thing going to be said about the worship at the hill or the ministry at the hill or the purpose of the hill, it's not going to be that we're planting churches, although we may. It's not going to be that there's miracles, although there will be. It's not going to necessarily be that lives are changed. They will be. The purpose of the hill is to stir up the things of God inside of you to call you to the fullness of what you wanted to be to call you into everything that you were called to be so that you can do everything 
So I believe that God has called us. Ephesians 2.10 says that you were made on purpose with purpose. So the purpose exists in you. I believe that he's called us to higher, bigger things than what we're facing and what we're going through. This morning as I heard a word talking about stirring up the calling that's not, not that could exist or stirring up the blessing that, that might be there because God has placed inside of you the ingredients you need. And this morning, if you don't know or do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ as being your Lord and Savior personally, so bold this morning just to stand right where you are. I know that that's asking a lot. I know that that is stretching you, but I promise that somebody here will meet you there and somebody that is up there will come down and meet you and you will learn what a Savior is and He will begin a work in you like never before. If that's you this morning, I want to take a break, pause, stop the whole flow of service to focus on what God wants to do in your life this morning. and believing that everybody here has understood and accepts the, the forgiveness and the grace that God gives you. And now the only problem is I, I, was, I went to Nevada last night and uh, I just try to go every now and then to, to just uh, be a part of some of the other hill locations. And uh, during, during worship, I was like, man, I was, I was on this side of the room and Pastor Bo was on that side of the room and I just caught my glance and I said, God, give him, give him a word, man. Give him something that is, give him something that's convicting. But I, I don't want to just show up for service, hear a good message and a good word and go home and live my life. God, give him something that changes lives, that convicts people to be better and stronger in you than what they were when they started. And little did I know I, that he was going to go up there and convict me. I said, God, I wasn't talking about me. And so I believe today the same power that was there last night and that was there today that convicted me that God has blessed me and given me things that I have let's settle down in my heart and my soul that I need to stir it up that I need to be stronger and more uh, prevalent in seeking God in everything that I do I need to be uh, seeking first the kingdom so that all things are given to me instead of just trying to make sure that everything is perfect which I believe in excellence and I believe in whatever we have to do for God we need to do it with the best of our ability but I also believe in the power of the Holy Spirit that I have to continually renew within myself. So if that's you this morning, let's just stand and make a declaration as we worship and we say, God, I am here today not just to merely exist, but to stir up the calling and the purpose and seek your kingdom first. this room, the 
people that are watching online that might have met Jesus for the first time this morning. The people that are watching online that are, are, maybe it's been a year from now and they're feeling a calling. Maybe it's right here in this room this morning that they're stirring up what you've already placed inside of them. They're having communion with the Holy Spirit this morning and, and, and hearts are just, are just beginning to turn and minds are thinking in new ways. God, would you, would you guard that this week? When we face the real world and the outside and the, the hardship of what it brings, God, would our focus be fixed on you? Help us walk on top of the water and not focus on the stuff that's outside of your kingdom. May we walk around, as Pastor Moso put it, with the cat on our shoulder, with the Holy Spirit resting on us. We are so focused on you and seeking your kingdom that all other things you give us. Father, bless the people this morning. Father, in your name we pray. Jesus, we love you.